Hey everybody, this is Nubia. And I'm Francis. We are your dynamic duo of Chronicles Abroad. As always, our goal is to inspire you to travel with passion and purpose. Now let's get on with the show. Welcome to Chronicles Abroad. It's a podcast show that uses travel to highlight stories of personal growth. So each week we'll spotlight the stories of courageous world travelers, creative wanderers, and digital nomads who share their incredible experiences of the world through their eyes. If you like traveling, this is what you need. So tune in. Welcome to Chronicles Abroad. My name is Francis. And I'm Nubia. And today we're going to be spending some time personally with Nubia. Yeah. Not necessarily talking about Black and Tulum, not talking about Black City. We did that already, but really get to know Nubia in a way that maybe you don't and maybe you haven't seen. And there's a lot of things that have happened over the last three years, a lot of changes, a lot of insights. And I'm really curious to get to know what those insights were and how things have shifted for Nubia personally. Um, Nubia is really transparent, you know, on her social media. If you follow her, especially on Facebook, she shares and she gives you a window into her life uh, pretty consistently. Uh, But we're hoping to go a little bit deeper today. What's up? (laughs) I'm sorry. What is all that? What are you having like a bird or something? What's going on? <laughs> a little deeper than what I normally share. Maybe. I don't know. We'll see where this goes. This is kind of unscripted. I do have a few questions, but not too much. I just kind of want to see where it goes. Let's so welcome. All right. So Nubia, you've been abroad for about three years. You've lived on several different continents and <laughs> it feels like a lot, child. You'd you be hopping and you'd be packing that suitcase. <laughs> so why don't we just give, for those who haven't really heard your story, give us a little brief snippet. I know that you had gotten laid off and you decided to say, fuck it, like, I'm just going to do this. And I'm going to do this for me, you know? Yeah. And there were a lot of hangups, right? And I don't want to say hangups. There's just a lot of things that you felt were weighing you down and you've spent a lot of time committed to other people, committed to things, and you're ready to break away from that uh, in a way that lets you to get to know yourself better. So tell us a little bit about that. You know, there's a whole backstory, but I'm going to try to summarize this backstory as much as possible. As I was approaching 40, I was like 38 at the time, and I was having this overwhelming urge or sense of urgency for change, right? And I kept placing myself in positions where I was like, all right, I'm just going to work this job one more year to save up for X amount of money. I'm just going to go ahead and pay down these student loans. You know, every, there was always a reason why I couldn't leave or couldn't do something because I had other things to take care of. I'm also a mom of two, single mother of two. My son will be 21 in the next literally two weeks. And my daughter is turning 24. So at the time, My daughter was going off to college the next year, and my son was in high school. And um, I didn't know what this urge was, Francis, at the time. It literally was just like, 
I started having conversations with the kids about, hey, would y'all want to move or live somewhere else? You know, what about traveling here? And it was just like planting little seeds. Didn't think anything of it. As time started approaching, you know, as I'm getting 39, it was like, okay, what the hell is going on? <laughs> this, when I say this energy was like pushing me, like you got to make change. You got to do something different. You have to, it was like insatiable, right? It was like, what the heck is going on? The pivotal part was when my job laid me off in December of 2016. I literally went on vacation to Portugal, came back. The same day I came back, they laid me off. Remind you, I had all these plans, right? One more year, this amount of money. I was at this credit score. I, I, had, I had it all planned out. So I was livid. And then it dawned on me a few weeks later, like maybe that was a blessing in disguise because they gave me a good package. I was still able to get my medical benefits. I was still able to basically carry on as if I was still working for another 90 days or so, like 120 days total or something like that. I was unemployed, you know what I mean? I was unemployed, but I lived in a luxury condo. You know, my daughter had just went off to college and it was just like, what the hell? I ain't got no job. <laughs> but it, it was then that I said to myself, I don't ever want to have another job. I don't want to be tied down to somebody telling me whether or not I'm good enough for their job or not. You get what I'm saying? Just the thought of applying to work, interviewing for a job, talking to 15 people who can ultimately decide whether or not I'm qualified was like daunting and it was exhausting. It was, it was just like, I can't do this. So I knew that at that point, there was no turning back on corporate world for me. As you can see, like nothing is, no matter how much you plan something, life is going to take you wherever life wants to take you. If you look back, like what was the thing, even though you had this urge, was there anything that was really holding you back? I mean, everything, right? It was, it's never just a one thing. It was always like money, number one, was the biggest one. And then it was, okay, well, where would I go and what would I do for money? The kids were already older. I have to say this because I know there's a lot of parents out there that will resonate with me when I say this, but there's a lot of people that don't have kids that will, their mouth is going to drop. But I was tired. I was tired. I was tired of everything and everyone, including being a parent at the time. I just really wanted to live my life. Finally, you know, I had my daughter at 18. So at the end of the day, I had spent majority of my life taking care and nurturing others. Every decision that I had made leading up to the day that I left had to do with them. You get what I'm saying? So where I lived, you know, had to had to be because the school system had to be right. So I had strategically placed us in places that had the best school systems. The things that I did and the kind of car I drove and all those things had everything to do with the kids, right? Mm -hmm. Couldn't have leather seats because you got kids. <laughs> you can't have a glass table because you got kids. You know, it was just everything that I did had revolved around me being a mom. There was a point where I was just like, I'm tired. I'm fucking tired. You know, that energy was taking everything. It was just showing me. It was almost like I could see finally, right? I was tired of the corporate mundane nine to five BS and Becky in my, in my business. You know what I mean? Because anytime that I've ever had an issue at work. It's it was, Karen now. Karen. Oh, Karen. I'm sorry. Becky. <laughs> Becky's well, retired. 
there was always some Karen that had an issue with the fact. I remember I got called into the HR office because Karen said that I didn't say good morning to her. What? what? I felt obligated to speak to you. Like at the end, and that's what I'm talking about. It was like, it had nothing to do with work or your work ethic. It always had to do with something that, you know, somebody always wanted to make an issue. There was just a hierarchy of BS, right? I started looking at the friendships I was having and I was just like, these are real superficial. Like I was just looking at everything. People I were dating, people I was hanging out with, <laughs> the, the kids, everybody. So you, had, you had like a big ass aha moment. Girl, when I say, but it took some, it was time. Yeah, right? yeah, it was ever evolving. Yeah, it was ever evolving. Like things started lighting up for me, but it was scary as all, you know what? Because I was dropping, was, I was shedding. But as you shed, you're pretty much mourning the person or the things that you had or the person that you was not realizing that you're moving into your greater purpose. And I yeah. didn't know that at the time. Yeah. And something that you said, I don't want to highlight only because I think as parents, you know, we put so much pressure on us to, to be the best parent that we can be, mm-hmm. uh, to give our kids the best that we can give them with what we have. And sometimes, you know, we feel guilty to really say how we feel about being a parent. Mm-hmm. Being a parent is, is hard. I don't care how much money you have. I don't care where you live. It's an emotional, spiritual, and mental investment. It is. And you had mentioned you got tired of being a parent. And both me and you are both two moms. Like I, I had my son at 17. And there comes a time where, especially if you haven't really incorporated your, if you haven't incorporated things for yourself as a parent on a regular basis, one day it just hits you. It, it just, it, it's like a, a Mack truck. Everything starts crumbling down because you realize, wow, like I've never really done anything for myself. I've always lived for my kids. And what I realize is that when you take that approach, the kids can tend to suffer slightly a little bit. But when you take care of yourself first, the kids benefit from that person because you're doing things that feel good. You're doing things that light you up. And the kids can sense that. Kids can sense when you, you know, you're cranky, when you're not having a good day at work, or when you hate your job, all of those things, they, they leak into your kids. And then- It's the energy. It's yeah. the energy you carry around with you, for sure. It's all energy. You know, we're more than just travel. We provide tips, resources, and hacks for the curious traveler in you. So whether you're a lover of travel or just someone who is ready for a change, we have something for everyone. Now, when you look back of like your transition and the way that you left and everything, is there anything that you think that you would have done differently? We always say like, you know, no, because it made me who I am today. But like, let's be honest, is there anything that you would have probably done a little bit differently? Everything. Everything, damn. I mean, let's be honest. Like, I've had a great, great journey over the last three years, but I had a lot of ebbs and flows. You know what I'm saying? Like that roller coaster was real and that struggle bus was real. If I could do anything differently, I would definitely not ever hop on the struggle bus ever. You know what I mean? But I left without a plan. I left without a pot to piss in or window to throw it out of actually. You know, people think it's so easy to live abroad and it's not difficult, but it's not easy, right? Especially when you don't have somebody hand-holding you along the way. So everything that I did, I learned on my own. 
And which is, again, how Chronicles Abroad came to be, right? Because one thing that I remember our conversation, I kept bitching about was all I seen was young white millennials on YouTube, you know, sharing their journeys across Southeast Asia for living for $5 a day. That doesn't resonate with me. You know what I mean? And even when you were abroad, Francis, and I reached out to you, you were doing something totally different that I wasn't interested in doing. So I still had to find my way. It wasn't until at least like a year in where I realized a little bit more about my purpose. So sharing my story, being able to interview people and share their stories have impacted and been able to, well, it's impacted others, right? And been able to empower and inspire others to make better informed decisions for their own lives in regards to traveling and or moving abroad. I realized very late into my journey that my purpose is basically being a resource for others and being able to share and help others. However, if you remember, my whole breakthrough or breakdown <laughs> was because I was giving myself to others. The problem was I wasn't learning how to give myself time. So you were essentially doing what you were doing in the States, the parent that you were, the friend that you were overseas. Oh, of course. Most definitely. But that's the thing. Like I said, I wasn't, I didn't recognize the fact that I was burning myself out because I wasn't giving myself the attention that I was giving others, you know? And people don't see that from the outside. People be like, oh, Nubia just be, you know, but I'm exhausted at times. And I didn't take time out to rest. I didn't take time out spiritually and mentally to recoup. So you mean you weren't on vacation? You, I thought I was on I was living that vacation life in a way, you know, but um, everything that I was doing was work. You, you get what I'm saying? And in the hindsight, it became work. I was like, people were coming to visit. So now I'm touring them around, right? That people don't understand that when you go and pay somebody a visit and they take time out of their schedule and daily life to show you around, to make sure you're having a good time. That is slightly stressful only because depending on if you're the kind of person that likes to entertain, right? It takes a lot of fucking energy. <laughs> and then when people are doing it constantly, it's a job. It no longer is fun, right? So things like that was happening in Thailand. And then, you know, I left Thailand after two years and moved to Colombia. Didn't really, Colombia wasn't really what I thought it was going to be like. I went with expectations and those expectations weren't met for me. Yeah, you and wasn't feeling Colombia. I was not feeling <laughs> I still want to visit, but then after hearing you, I was like, ah. Oh, I definitely recommend people to visit, but I didn't go to visit. I went to move. You right. know what I mean? It's a different thing. It's a different thing. And even though I was an avid traveler, I didn't expect or anticipate the environment that I was in. And that's something that a lot of times we as travelers, and you know, just like I know, doesn't mean that we know it all. We don't. Because Francis and I decided to go to India on a whim. Girl. Ciao. You we already don't, We don't do India on a whim, guys. You don't do India. You don't do a lot of countries. <laughs> you don't, yeah. But especially... <laughs> We had a rude awakening in India. Exactly. So my whole thing is that there's a lot of things I would have did differently. I would have researched a lot more. I probably would have made connections in different places before I left. I would have definitely, I wish I would have talked to somebody who actually lived abroad. That would have been really nice. 
like not somebody that was just like, oh, just pack your bag and come on and nah, like somebody who really wanted to make sure that my, you know, journey abroad was successful. Mm, so you so, didn't, so you didn't have what you're offering. I didn't have what I'm offering. No. And I realized that I've been doing this for people forever. Like I'm a resourceful person and I enjoy being that person, but I had to package it up because it, it made sense from all the mistakes. Like you said, I'm very transparent about my travels and it's, it's not all sunshine and rainbows. And I share all of that. However, if you look at people's social media, you would think that I wake up, roll out to the beach, got my computer on my lap and a Mai Tai sitting beside me. Granted, Living I Living that five hour work life. Granted, I do have those days, but that's not an everyday life for me. You know what I'm saying? Mm. I mean, you already know Wi-Fi can be a beast. Mexico's so Wi-Fi much. is trash. <laughs> so I learned the hard way. I almost lost my job, uh, you know, working online because here I am thinking, oh, I work online. I can work anywhere in the world. But nobody was telling me about like, check that Wi-Fi. Mm-hmm. <laughs> if you depended on it, yeah. You know, and the Wi-Fi could be good, but if the season is hurricane season or typhoon season or cyclone season, you know how in Asia there's all these seasons, right? I mean, God forbid it rain, the whole, your lights you're go done. out. Especially if you're in Indonesia during the rainy season, you're done. And you were. That's why. So that's what I'm saying. People wouldn't tell me that stuff. I found all that out on my own and along yeah. the way. And it created a lot of stress, right? Because yeah. I had to, I had to get my way out of a lot of stuff. Mm. So, like I said, you're very transparent. You're being very transparent now. But there's got to be something. Is share something with us that most people don't know about you. Ooh, something that most people don't know about me. For the people who do or have kind of watched my journey, is <laughs> I still live with a lot of self-doubt and as much confidence as I try to exude or, you know, even the confidence that I try to bring other people, I still battle self-doubt. You know, it's not something that just changes overnight. I work on it daily. I've been blessed to be surrounded by a community of badass entrepreneurial women that tell me how badass I am, which helps boost me and my productivity. But without them, I don't know if I would ever have believed I was enough. Powerful. I often find that we teach others what we need to learn the most. So when you are in those self-doubt moments and you're by yourself, right? There's no one mm-hmm. else around you. How do you climb out of that? What do you do? What's your process? Um, what is my process? Whew. As I stated, you know, I'm surrounded by, I, I had to place myself around the right type of community. So the community that I do have around me, I feel confident and comfortable enough to reach out to if I'm having one of those days or those moments. And I'm very, you know, open with going on social media with how I'm feeling as well and sharing kind of some thoughts and pain points that I'm having because I know that sharing my story, there are hundreds of other people just like myself who are feeling the same way or would like to have someone like myself as a sounding board to really be like, oh my God, me too. It's kind of one of those things where um, I try to listen to my body more. Hydrate, rest. My mentor and, and my business coach, Claire Soares, always says, subtract. You're, you're constantly adding, subtract, Nubia, subtract. So I'm learning how to subtract 
the things that are not serving me, <laughs> you know, and make the things that are serving me the priority, including my health. I love that because when you're piling stuff on that you're still working on other stuff and then you're piling stuff on and you're just kind of like looping. Right? And you know this, you've seen yeah. me. I mean, I could literally be like, do, 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 zooming around. And then next thing you know, I crash and hit crash a hard. Hard. Mm-hmm. hard. And that's not a good feeling. Mm. Not for me or anybody else around me <laughs> at the time that I crash. How has your life been different than what you've ever imagined it to be? Woo, child. Let me tell you, it's amazing. You know, one thing I failed to mention was before I left, right? I remember talking to you and I think this was, you were telling me a little bit about numerology and astrological stuff, right? Like, Mm -hmm. you know, the life path number and all this Mm -hmm. stuff. So I'm learning all these things because one thing, let me just preface by saying I was at a crossroads. I was at a crossroads when I was approaching 40. And that was that energy that was like staring me to right or left, which way do I go? That's how I felt. Remember that, that uh, cartoon, which way do I go? Which way do we go? (laughs) That's where I was. Whatever power it was, it was driving me to where I am today, right? It was pushing me because if it didn't, I probably would have went in the opposite direction. I remember having conversation with you and you told me about a psychic in DC and you were like, I'm not sure if you're into this thing, but you know, (laughs) I seen this woman and you gave me her information. And then I was getting my hair cut by my barber and I told her about it. And she was like, yeah, I go and I see this lady quarterly. So I was like, oh, you know, wow. So at the end of the day, you both gave me the same person's number. Wow. So it was crazy that two people who knew nothing about each other gave me the same information. That was confirmation for me that I needed to reach out to this woman. So I reached out to her and she gave me an Oracle card reading. And I had never had my tarots read before, oracles read nothing, right? Mm-hmm. So the way she kind of did it was like a past, present, future type of thing. And she went in and hit hard. Like she was just like, you got a tumultuous relationship with a parent. I broke down crying. Me and my mother don't speak. And she was just like, you know, you really need to let that go because of all these different things, right? The parent is not looking to really quite understand who you are they're very judgmental of who you are and they just don't get it and they probably will never get it right but the problem is that it was eating me up i was depressed over it i was upset over it i was when i say manic over my relationship with my mother and how we didn't get along it was toxic on a whole nother level so she told me i needed to let that go then she said um you don't belong here now i took offense to that i was like what you mean i don't belong (laughs) she's like no that's not what i mean she's like you don't belong here like in this place you are a wanderer you're a nomad your spirit is nomadic and it always has been and like it, it wants you to break free to be able to roam the earth and i was just like wow i've been thinking about moving she was like i can't tell you geography but i know you're not meant to be here Then she told me that I would be working with kids in some capacity. Now, that's when it went left. And I was like, girl, bye. I ain't working working with nobody's kids or nothing like that. Fast forward, right? My first year into Thailand, I ended up teaching Chinese kids online English. It was not even a thought process at that time. The one thing she did tell me that didn't happen, she said, you'll be married within three years. I'm hitting three. I hit three years and my ass is still single. So I'm just like. Oh, we'll get to that part, child. 
that part hasn't come to fruition. Then she said, um, you're going to leave a legacy. And she said, your name will be known all over the world. And I was just like, oh, shit. My ego started talking. My ego was like, okay, Oprah. <laughs> Let's get it. <laughs> Let's get it. But at the time, I didn't, Chronicles Abroad didn't exist. And now, as a podcaster, we're heard globally all over the world. Yeah. And all of these things started happening and coming to fruition over the first, like, first year, then the second year. And I was just like, wow, everything this woman had said to me was literally manifesting. It manifested itself. Yeah. She even talked about my doubt. She was like, I see you live with a huge amount of self-doubt. You have to let that go. You have to understand that you are powerful and that you will always make the best decision for yourself. You know mm. what I'm saying? You have a right to be here like everyone else. Listen, it was my birthright to be successful. Just Absolutely. As it, and that's you know, everybody's birthright, honestly. That's my point. As it was yours and as it is everybody else's. But we need to tap into that in order for it to actually work. You get what yeah. I'm saying? There was a lot of things that that woman led me down the path of enlightenment for myself. Fast forward a year or wasn't it a full year, Francis, when we were in Thailand and we got to meet Harry? Mm, no, it wasn't a full year. Okay. Because I was so only there for a year. So it was like at least within like, I don't know, six months. Three, six okay. Months. So fast forward into Thailand. Francis and I were roommating in Thailand, for, for those who don't know. And we interviewed a shaman. His name is Harry and he lived in Chiang Mai. So Francis got to see him first. After we interviewed, she wanted me to be the test subject, Lord. No, you. <laughs> I know I'm into that stuff anyway, so I would have gone yeah. anyway. You literally was like, this interview was meant to happen because I've been looking for something like this. That's exactly yeah. kind of where you were. You went to go see him. You came back. You was like, yo, he's the truth. So I went and made an appointment with him, and that even more solidified like everything that the woman had said back in the states he kind of confirmed a lot of that as well, you know, especially about like my nomadic spirit and why I can continuously have these energetic impulses. Not only am I a Sagittarius and y'all know Sagittarius, we're impulsive and we're very sp spontaneous, yeah. but I'm very nomadic. So I don't live an expat life. I live a nomad life. And a lot of people don't understand that there's two different things, mm -hmm. you know, expats like to move settle in they'll travel yeah. a little bit here and there but they really do create a home base whereas a nomad i'm in and out every couple of months maybe a year or two and it's, i'm ready to go find something new yeah yeah which is hard within itself yeah it's, it's i don't even know if we have time for that conversation child but yeah, that's a whole different conversation <laughs> so are there any things left for you that feels very much unresolved? I'm ready to get married. I'm ready to have a boo thing and all that other kind of stuff. Um, yes, there's a lot of things that are left unresolved. You know what I'm saying? But some of those things have nothing to do with me. Mm -hmm. And I'm not going to get too deep into it, but there's a lot of toxic dynamics within my family. Mm -hmm. And as much as I work towards trying to break those curses or those toxic ways i can't change can't do anything about it yeah i think yeah. between you and i and i think a lot of people who end up traveling or being expats we tend to be like the black sheep in the family or the person that does things that no one else is doing you know who's living outside the comfort zones and people sometimes don't understand why we do what we do they really just don't get it and yeah. 
And that's okay. And that's something that I think a lot of us had to process and let go because we try to invite people into our experiences, invite them into our lives, but they just, they don't necessarily want to be a part of it in that way, in the way that we would like them to be. And that's okay. And, you know, you have to mourn that so that you can move forward uh, because, you know, everybody is on a different journey, a different path. And then you have to honor your progress. You have to honor your path and you have to live your life the way you see fit in a way that nourishes your soul and the way that enhances your relationship. So you have to just let some of those people just go and fall by the wayside. And, and it's not you know, just letting them go. It's letting go of the notion that yeah. you always have to be somebody else's savior. Right. Right. I'll invite you once I'll invite you twice, but I'm not going to keep inviting you for you to keep putting me off because mm-hmm. at the end of the day, I'm, it's not me that's missing out. It's you that's missing out on really fostering and developing a relationship with someone who really is trying to foster yeah. develop a relationship with you and to show you something different and new that you may or may not like at the end of the day you don't have to like it in order to respect it yeah. so i you know i had to let go of the control hmm. and that word is really difficult for me to say out loud but the control one the control that i had as a parent people always say oh do your kids come visit no they don't stop asking me and they don't, not because I don't invite them. They don't, not because they don't have a space to stay. They don't because they don't want to. And that's okay. Mm. You know what I mean? But what I'm not going to do is uproot myself to go back into a toxic environment that didn't work for me. Mm-hmm. And, I'm trying to and I know you tried. I've seen it. You know, you tried. And that's just one of those circumstances that just, it is what it is with that, unfortunately. It's an unfortunate I, yeah, yeah, reality. It's... As parents, you know, that's hard because you want to be a part of your kids' lives. You want them to be a part of your life. You want to share. You want to explore. You want to create memories together. Uh, But I think with anything. I mean, you went back for your son. Mm -hmm. And that didn't. (laughs) And it didn't really work out the way I thought it was going to work out. You know what I'm saying? It just depletes you. And it's just like you got to get back to you. And when you get back to you, people see that as being selfish. And it's like. Yeah, no. It's, when it's, when it's is there ever going to be a situation where a mother can actually be an individual and not just yeah. a mother? Yeah, because I had to take a, a step back. Like, I'm leaving, and I know what I'm leaving again behind. A lot of things are left unresolved, but that's okay because that is not my path to travel. And I had to, exactly. like, come to those terms hardcore. And it hurt. It was a process. And, you know... Just like we're there. As parents, we're here. If you need us, we're here. But I can't live your life for you. And I can't make those decisions for you. You have to go through your path the way that I went through my path, the way I went through my struggles and accomplishments and all of the stuff in between. You have to do that too. And I cannot meddle in that anymore. Exactly. And you know, we talk about the family, the fair, and the finances all the time in our conversations. And it's just one of those things where, you know, I was looked at as selfish when I left because people was like, I can't believe you left your kids. And I'm like, oh, you would have thought my kid would like, was like eight, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> but not 18 or, you know, 20 at the time. But I had to stop looking and asking for permission. Real and talk. Say that again, because we, we do that way too much, child. You can't uh, ask for permission to live your life anymore. Exactly. No. Like what you hear so far? Make sure you never miss a show by clicking the subscribe button now. This podcast is made possible by listeners like you. We thank you for your support. Be sure to subscribe, rate, and leave a review. Now back to the show. 
I think one of the things, especially with Chadwick's passing, you just don't know what people are experiencing or going through. So we have to just stop with the judgments, like have to stop with the judgments and use more kindness. Unless you know, and you've spoken to that person directly, you don't know. So just back off. Honestly, I get so frustrated with that. Uh, Not that you need my permission or anybody else's permission, but do what's best for you. And that's a message to everyone who's listening. Do what's best for you. Do it in a way that, yes, people are going to have their own feelings, but understand that that is for them to deal with, Mm -hmm. not you. Definitely. And, and, you know, I'm very candid about the fact that before I left the States, I was pre-diabetic. I was pretty much what they considered obese in clinical standards. Like, I'm 4'11", I'm short. And I was nearing 180 pounds. I wasn't outwardly talking about my depression at the time, but now that in hindsight, I know I was depressed. I had a bottle of wine at my nightstand every day. I'm not talking about a glass, a bottle. (laughs) You know what I'm saying? I have my vices and unfortunately alcoholism runs in my family. So I became very nervous, you know, of the fact that I was, not drowning my sorrows in alcohol, but I was, you know, having a nightcap every night. That's not, that's a problem. That's a fucking problem. (laughs) Let's be clear. It's nice to have, granted, in Italy and different places, they have a glass of wine every day and a glass of wine for your heart and all that kind of stuff. I wasn't drinking for, you know, I was drinking. Yeah, it's kind of, it's what's the feeling behind? Exactly. I was drinking not, <laughs> not yeah not just because you enjoy because i know you enjoy a good cocktail it's like oh. i do uh but you know what's the feeling that's driving you to unscrew that bottle and to pour yourself a glass and that's what needs to be examined and looked at right exactly and, if, and when you're in it you don't see it no. it's only once you step out of it and you look back that you're like damn <laughs> Nobody ever said, like you even said, you said some one time, Francis, nobody ever told me I was fat. I'm like, what? Yeah. <laughs> we don't want to get into that, but yeah, I was like, wait. Yeah. You know, it's like one day you wake up and you look at yourself and you really look at yourself. Mm-hmm. That's when everything shifts. Yeah. Everything. Exactly. And here I am living the best, healthiest life. Like every morning I get up. 6 a.m. with the sun, I'm meditating, I'm going out for walks and bike rides and I'm swimming and I'm feeling great and, you know, my skin is glowing and I'm smiling more and I'm just building some strong, positive connections and healthy relationships and I'm able to see bullshit now a mile a minute. Like I can Mm -hmm. see it coming and I'm just like, reverse, (laughs) reverse, (laughs) sharp turn. Yeah. And, you know, and just being down there, I mean, you have built an incredible community, which you can check out the episode when we talk a little bit more about Black and Tillum and Blacksit. You have really centered yourself. You found your rhythm. And I think that's one of the things that you said the pandemic has helped you with. It's like you've created these habits, these routines. Um, you're more introspective and you're taking your time with things and you're being more deliberate and even more intentional just about your life in general. And I think it it takes two the fact that like you're you've put in you first and you're always continuing to do that and that's the message that we want everybody to know like wherever you are in life in what ways can you do more of the things for yourself even if you are quarantined or whatever what ways five minutes ten minutes doesn't have to be a lot uh overly over time it gets a little bit you know longer but what can you do because that regular practice 
will help to eliminate any kind of resentment that may build up because you're not focusing on yourself, uh, any kind of frustrations, disappointments, all of that stuff. Because a lot of people, they're like, well, I don't know what to do. And Well, look at your habits. Look at the decisions that you're making on a daily basis because you can find a lot of those answers through the way you interact with the world. Yeah, no, no, I mean, you're right. You know what I'm saying? And I just, I just want to, you know, just say that this expat life has been beautiful. This journey has been amazing. Do I get overwhelmed? Yes. Have I felt isolated at times? Yes. It's a freaking emotional roller coaster. You know what I'm saying? But I learned so much about myself and how to communicate with others, what I require in a support system and the time and energy and effort that I need to put into myself. Like all of those things I learned because I had silence around me and I was able to actually take the time out to really sit down with myself right and worry about what i needed which i couldn't do in the states yeah truth be told there's a lot of clutter there's a lot of clutter and when you go to a different country where the societal norms are different the way they do things is different and there's space for you to kind of like think about these things in a different way the only thing left for you now is a boo thing what are we doing about that how's tinder over there girl tinder is <laughs> I just joined Tinder a few weeks ago. Um, and Wait, I, you never, you were never on Tinder? No, I can't. Oh, snap. The crazy thing is you would think that these dating apps were easy. I swipe left all the time. So <laughs> I swipe left, swipe left, swipe left. Living in Asia was difficult for dating. As you know, we both talked about it a lot. Mm-hmm. I think living in Mexico has been a lot easier with dating, with especially with the influx of Americans coming into Mexico. However, I always say that I attract these moths to a flame. Does that make sense? Like here mm-hmm. I am, right? And they're just like, bright light, bright light, bright light. <laughs> um, I haven't met my equal or a person that shines and can burn brightly just beside me. What do you think that's about? I mean, it could be because I'm just, I've been really focused on my professional work as well and growing. We talked about this. We talked about this. Francis says that it's not happening because I'm not rooted and grounded in where I need to be and what I need to do. Well, a lot of it has to do with creating space for that, right? Yes, I get it. And also... You know, when you talk about like some of the self-doubt stuff and we talk about some of the people that you're attracting, I mean, a lot of them are folks who are intimidated by your success and, and intimidated by what you're doing. And so I'm wondering if like some of that self-doubt is kind of leaking into the people that are coming into your life right now. I'm sure everything that our thoughts really powerful. impact everything. Yeah. I do not disagree with you. Honestly, I have nothing to say to that effect other than you're right. <laughs> you're right. I'll send you my invoice, child. Uh, <laughs> just kidding. <laughs> <the> retro. <laughs> so stupid. Child, let me tell y'all, okay? Every night, back in Thailand, nah, I'm just playing with you. The corduroy uh, couch. Lots of conversations happen there. Yes. But it's coming. It's coming. But you know, it's like you said, you got to just create the space for it. Uh, Because I think we can get caught up in all the busy work and all the things that we're doing. And you know, you get so caught up with like, you know, self care kind of things that that's all you see yourself doing. And then you're missing opportunities 
Mm. So there's, a, there's also the whole culture of like being obsessed with self-development, right? And sometimes, even for me, I have to take a break from reading any self-help books because you can get caught up with that and not actually make any changes, right? So even those times, you need to take a break from self-development and self-care yeah. in that sense. Um, exactly. but, however, however, and, I, yes, and I believe in a constant evolution. So we're always evolving and learning. Oh, for sure it's a constant like growth pattern right mm -hmm. never it never should be like oh I'm done like never no. done you're never done um so I do agree with what you're saying about the analysis paralysis where we just consistently just work ourselves again to a point of exhaustion and not mm -hmm. really growth but I do believe in constantly learning and becoming oh for sure and my thing learning and implementing yeah, my thing is like you learn those stuff now. You need to practice them. Yeah, yeah. And when it comes to like relationships, the only way you can practice it is by being in a relationship. So all those things that you are or challenges for you in relationships, the best way to know if there's still challenges is to practice in a relationship. You know, uh, but we'll get there. <laughs> it will happen when it's supposed to. When it's supposed to happen, yeah. I'm being very patient, I guess mm -hmm. you would say. I think that part of my life is something that I would have loved for it to look a lot different. Yeah. I never would have thought that I would be 43, going on 43, and be single. Never. I have a very nurturing spirit. You know, I love to cook, clean, take care. I'm very domesticated in that way. But what I realize is it's disheartening and almost a turnoff when I see people who think very linear if it doesn't look the way that they see it looking then it, it's nothing at all yeah. and what I realized is that a lot of people that I have met are lead, are very they're not as flexible mm -hmm. as what they think it is because oh I don't do that I don't like that I wouldn't do that yeah, that's not gonna work for you I'm just like <laughs> bye, bye. <laughs> I can't yeah. do that. Because I am my own individual, but at the same time, I, I am very flexible with the people that I'm with or what or the person I'm with. But at the same time, I don't think people share the same kind of flexibility or desire. Yeah. It'll happen. Uh, you know, the universe has not steered you wrong. Not the at universe all. has steered you to every opportunity possible to aid in your growth and your self-discovery. So I can't imagine it'll happen. I know it will. I know it was. I'm not worried about it. You know what I'm saying? I, I you know, I really want to tell people that the magic happens when you lean into your discomfort. I mean, you have to be able to welcome change, trust in yourself and tune into your intu intuition. Your intuition will never steer you wrong. Never. You know what I'm saying? Mm -mm. And it's not until you do that, that you will honestly see positive and, you know, good change. Yeah, yeah. It's always like the same shit. So what's next for Nubia? What are we doing? What's the, what's the what's the word for like? I mean, the, the rest of the year is just. I'm sure it's like all planned out for you because you got a bunch of stuff going on. But like, but you know, the word for 2020 was pivot. The word for 2020 was pivot, and you know, I learned that my mission is to empower women to transform their lives through travel and meaningful experiences, whether that's at home or abroad. Right. Yeah. So I am definitely working on revamping our novice to nomad. Um, coaching that we had started a few years ago, but kind of didn't, um, it wasn't the right time, obviously, or didn't work because mm -hmm. 
we just weren't ready. Now I'm at this point in my life where I've been doing it full time for three years. I've been talking to people about it for a while. I've helped people get abroad. And those limiting beliefs that I had are no longer there because I've seen it work. I've seen the work that I've done and I've been told on numerous occasions how helpful my resources and my help was. So I decided to push forward with starting travel and expat coaching, Novice to Nomad, which will be launching live October 15th. Congratulations. Thank you. I'm just really looking forward to that and um, continuing to help people through what we do best, you know, having these conversations and sharing our stories and being our best selves, you know? Yeah. And I always say that like everything that you have is already within you. It's just, you just got to discover it again. Mm-hmm. Like all that stuff that you're doing, it's always there, you know? Yeah. But I, I didn't see to, it. You didn't see it. Yeah. There's a process for that. So I just want that. I want that message for everybody. Like you have it. It's there. Mm-hmm. Now let's peel back the layers and bring it to the surface. Exactly. And that's what we do in the program as well. This is not about just moving abroad. There's so many elements to breaking down and gaining clarity because, you know, for a long time, I just sat in love. La, la, la. <laughs> <laughs> what do I do? What do I go? I don't know. <laughs> but I've been very blessed to have people bring resources and knowledge and help and just support you know over the years it's been amazing and I'm taking pieces from everybody that I have shared space with and crossed paths with um to help me get to where I am today and I will just continue to give that back beautiful beautiful well I'm excited to see that take place any last words you want to give to our audience So it's time to dive deep and look into the holistic perspective of travel. We believe traveling is an investment in you. So our mission is to inspire you to book that flight, check that item off your bucket list and go on that adventure. And our hope is to ignite connections all over the world. Lean into your discomfort, people. Let's stop stop talking about it. Be about it. If 2020 hasn't taught you anything, I'm going to say this one more time. Tomorrow is not promised. Stop putting off what you can do today for tomorrow because you just don't know what tomorrow will look like, okay? So you have to learn how to put yourself in your needs ahead of others. It's almost like, you know what's a good analogy? The airplane. When they do the... Um, the, the huh? Is the mask you're talking about? Yeah. yeah. Put yours on first. Put your oxygen mask on first. first before you help someone else. You, exactly. It's the same. same. Mm-hmm. You cannot save somebody else if you're not right first. No. It's, the logic is flawed, guys. <laughs> exactly. So that's all I got to leave it with is definitely put yourself in a position to be your priority. And everything else will fall into place. So until next time. Next time, guys. Thank you, Nubia. Peace. Thank you, Francis. Thank you for tuning in to Chronicles Abroad. Please support us by sharing this podcast through your social media platforms. Head over to iTunes to subscribe, rate, and leave a review. Follow us on Instagram and hit that like button at Chronicles underscore abroad. Find us online at our website, chroniclesabroad.com, for tips, resources, and ways we can collaborate. So don't forget to join us next week for another episode. Until then, beautiful people, thanks for listening.
Music by Stephanie James and Almighty K-Rock, produced by Adam Marcus.